Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. Today is a special film episode, and I gathered four photographers from different countries who all have one thing in common. They all shoot film for some or most of their street photography work. And they are London photographer Walter Rothwell, French photographer Philippe Justel, US photographer Sean Bresny, and German photographer Marco Larousse. Hi guys, how are you doing? Hi, Valerie. Good. Thank you for taking the time to, uh, first of all, to um, all be available at the same time with all the different time zones we're working with. But um, this is great. So I know... um, I, well, I know all of you, some some virtually, some uh, in real life. So this is exciting, and and I think we you all have um, you're all going to convert me to a film shooter. I I think after yeah, this uh, after this this episode. <laughs> well, the the audience knows that I've been you know toying with the idea of getting a nice little vintage something, maybe a Leica or something, and uh, and start shooting film again just for fun and not on a not something I'm going to do every day, but just for a fun site project. Uh, so now let's let's go first. I'd love to hear, let's start with Philippe. Uh, Philippe, you, what, what do you shoot? You shoot street photography, but what do you shoot mostly? First of all, where are you located? And then what do you shoot with? Okay, so my name is Philippe Justel. I'm, I'm currently living in Portland, Oregon, uh, but I'm from France originally, but I've been in the U.S. a long time now. Um, I shot film initially when I was much younger and kind of stayed with it, took a little break uh, and then went back to it. So now I shoot mostly film, I would say, uh, maybe 75%. And I currently shoot with uh, Leica cameras. I have an M3 and M6. I also have a Hasselblad medium format camera. Awesome. And you've been on two of my workshops and you were shooting film on both of them. Part of the time, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Correct. What's your digital camera? It's a Fuji X100S. That's right. Awesome. Thanks, Philippe. Sean. Yes. Hey, Valerie. Uh, yeah, I'm Sean Bresny, and I'm in the Twin Cities, Minnesota area. Um, and I'm I'm a mostly film photographer now. Um, I've I started with film uh, film photography, I guess, as a kid growing up. Uh, early 2000s, switched over to digital, and uh, I'd say maybe about five or six years ago, I kind of really made the switch over to film, uh, film cameras, and 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 mostly black and white, and a little bit of color. Um, and I shoot with a Leica M3 uh, with a 50 millimeter lens. Um, I also have uh, a big Pentax 6.7. It's a medium format camera, and I I love shooting that one for for portrait work. Um, I have too many film cameras to list, but <laughs> I have a, a Nikon F1, F100 too. And that, I, I would say that's a very close to digital film camera as I think you can get, mm-hmm. uh, from a DSLR standpoint, but I also have like a Holga and some plastic cameras and, uh, stuff like that. And I do have a, a couple digital cameras. Um, I do take them out every once in a while. I have a, a Nikon D700, uh, and a GX7, which I, Pretty much mostly used for video work and maybe more of the quick snaps and stuff like that. So awesome, 
Thanks, Walter. Hello, my name's Walter Rothwell. I'm a photographer from London. Uh, I've been shooting film for since the late 1980s and uh, never really changed. Um, I shoot uh, a lot of my work on, I use Nikon F6s. I also use um, everyday uh, Hasselblad X-Band Panoramic and also carry around in a pocket uh, either a Nikon 28 or 35 Ti little uh, compact cameras, which um, you can use quite anonymously. Okay, so um, no digital at all? No. Wow, so you're the non, the only non-digital nice. shooter yes. in, the, in the group? Um, yeah, I really... Uh, some point soon, uh, I will probably dip my toe into the uh, proper digital market. I mean, I've used digital compacts and stuff, It's um, but as far as actually like a uh, proper DSLR, uh, no. Okay, great. And Marco? Yes, I'm Marco LaRousse. I'm street photographer from Hamburg, Germany, and I have been shooting film since the late 70s. That was when I got my first film camera. So I've been photographing with film longer than I have been photographing with uh, digital cameras, although I started those in the mid-90s. So I had the, one of the very early uh, digital cameras, and it was simply horrible. So it was not really good alternative to film back then, um, but that progressed over years. Um, currently, I shoot mainly digital, probably, from the amount of images that I take. But um, I've never, never quit. So I've always shot film on the side and uh, I shoot with a, a Leica M2, M3, M6. And I have a Rolai Flex uh, 6x6 medium format and a Fuji GW690 camera, which is a 6x9. So that's uh, half, halfway to a large format uh, already. And this camera is also rangefinder. So I do prefer the, the rangefinder cameras for street. Um, the Rolleiflex Flex works too. It's it's low focusing, so you will have to do some zone focusing. But um, it's very quiet, and um, maybe people are familiar with this camera if they have watched the the film uh, about Vivian Meyer. I think she she used a lot of those yes. uh, mm -hmm. Rolleiflex Flex cameras. And I have Hasselblad and other stuff, but but I don't use those for for street. The Hasselblad is just too loud and too clumsy and too slow for me. I, I really enjoy it for portrait and uh, landscape work, but for street, I think I mainly use those uh, those other cameras, this rangefinder style, mainly. Great. Wow. So so why? Why film when we have all this amazing technology and uh, that costs us nothing in processing? And, and um, Walter, tell me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> why haven't you jumped into the digital age yet? Um, I was a... Uh living abroad for four or five years and um, really out of contact with the kind of everyday photography world and what was going on. And uh, when I got back to the UK, I was uh, living out in the countryside and uh, got involved with mortgages and other jobs and stuff and didn't really touch a camera for three or four years and uh, finally just couldn't take it anymore. So I just like picked up my camera's own my partner and I, we moved back to London and um, just started again. And I was looking at uh, the pictures that were being taken at the time, and I started buying a couple of photography magazines and looking, and they were absolutely breathtaking. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe how far photography had moved on. Then I started to realize that uh, most of these pictures weren't actually real. And they were created on a computer, and 
they were composites and so much post-production work we're doing that how can you actually call it a photograph so uh, I was I, I don't know I, I felt very conflicted and decided that for the work um, I predominantly do um, street photography and documentary photography for me the the fidelity of the image is something very special mm-hmm. and um so more of a purist fact- standpoint yeah I mean it's um Digital cameras nowadays are absolutely breathtaking, and people can enlarge. I mean, what would be the equivalent to ten percent of a negative, and get a absolutely usable picture. And it's uh, bears very little relation to what you originally saw or took. Yeah. And a negative, you can only do so much with, and it's it's there. And it's you know, if anyone ever questions the picture, it's like, well, here's the negative. It's uh, yeah, that's, that's right. what I saw. That's what I took. Yeah. So definitely, as a photojournalist. On a photojournalist standpoint, you know, it's you can't can't fake it. No, yeah, no, and that's that's really um, quite important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, probably too much, but uh, it was a personal decision I made at the time. That um, it's also very important for me to actually produce something physical. Um, yeah, I think uh, the whole point of photography is um, actually the print. Yes, and um, I, I I couldn't work without prints when I'm photographing. I I see the print. Yeah, um, that's what I'm photographing. So, Philippe, yeah. um, how about you? Why film? I mean, you you shoot digital. You see the advantages of of shooting digital. Why this? Is it nostalgia? Uh, what? Yes, I think so. That that's a very good point. I think I do it because that's what I know. That's why I started with. Um, there was no option of choice when I started, and really enjoyed it. You know, so that's what I know. I I stopped for a while and shot almost exclusively uh, digital, but I came back to it pretty quickly and more and more. And really just true enjoyment. I I developed my own negatives, so there is a process there that I really enjoy as well. And on the other hand, I don't particularly like, uh, you know, the technology, the computers, or, or maybe by lack of knowledge or interest, perhaps. So it's much easier for me to stick with, what I know and comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree with that. I mean, the, I think probably the main reason, well, not the main reason, one of the reasons why I I stuck to street photography um, as my main interest is because I don't like to spend time in post-processing and, and that's why I'm not a landscape photographer. Um, I, I, I'm in and out, even though I shoot digital. Um, I don't spend any time in post-processing hardly and um and i i wouldn't want to so you actually do develop your own own film how about you sean yeah you know for me um i've i've been asking myself this a lot uh really since i got back into it because it is um having gone the full the full route and now back to film uh, it is more difficult than shooting digital, but I, I agree. There's, there's something I just like to get my hands dirty, really, to say, say it that way. Um, it's a tactile, um, you know, experience. developing the film, and yeah, the experience of it. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm creating something that's more real, and I, I really can't. It's, it's hard to really put my finger on what, what that is. Um, but there, there's something about the quality of film. Um, that I can see 
in my work and others too. And I, I, I think I'm getting pretty good at spotting film or digital now too, because it just has this certain type of this depth and a feel to it that, you know, there's like a texture. Um, I, I really don't like digital noise in, in pictures and I, I, the cameras are getting a lot better than what they used to be early digital cameras. But, um, there's just something about the grain and film. I just feel like there's, there's more depth there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then me as a photographer, I, I'm a way better film photographer, photographer than a, than a digital phot- photographer because I, it's something with the the process. It slows me down. It gets me out of this. I can fix it later in in Photoshop or Lightroom approach. But it's it's really trying to get it right in the camera, get getting the right exposure, getting the right angle, getting you know everything. I, I'm thinking more thoroughly as a film photographer, and I don't know if that's just me, or if that just comes with the craft and it kind of you know in the type of camera. Especially something like the Leica, now the M3. There's there's no battery or anything like that. And it's it's I'm set free. I can go out and all I have to worry about is make sure I have film mm-hmm. in my camera. I don't have to worry about batteries. The the one thing that really kills me with a lot of the mirrorless cameras, and I I I love my Panasonic GX7, but man, I need a I need a backpack full of batteries <laughs> if I want to keep that thing going. And it it kind of stresses me out. Um, and I, with my Leica, I just go out there. I bring a few rolls with me, and I I can do anything I want. Yeah. <laughs> and my camera's always ready; it's on. It's just it's basically one click away from you know the shutter if I want to get that. Now it w- in shooting that I won't do that, but I-, I have a higher chance that my camera will be working and ready. Um, and then I'm kind of thinking about that composition. So yeah. yeah, it's 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 very complex for me on why why shoot film because it it. For me, it's not easier by any means. There's there's so many more steps to it to get that final image out. But I have so much more appreciation for what I shoot when it's on film. So, yeah, more satisfaction, I think, yes. to nail yeah. the shot with fewer frames, probably, too. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Marco, you, you shoot both as well, and you say you shoot more digital than film. Uh, I mean, we can set limitations with digital as well we can limit ourselves but i know it's not the same right it is it is not because i think it's just there it 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 doesn't work at least for me it doesn't work the same way i i am i've gotten much much better about taking pictures i've never really gone crazy although in the early days and when you realize the first digital cameras came out and for me was was a turning point when the 5d the Canon 5D, the first full frame, more or less affordable full frame uh, DSLR came out back then. That's when I had a switch and I said, okay, now we're getting somewhere in the neighborhood where the quality is, is, is okay for those cameras. And I did try to shoot sports and stuff, something I've never done with with analog much. Or when I did it, just really one or two frames for each situation, zone focus and, and stuff like that. I never had one of those really high-tech analog cameras. I always had those uh, manual ones. Um, just like Sean said, just no battery. Maybe just for a meter battery in the M6. That was was the highest tech I ever got. Always manual focus. So, for, coming from these limitations, I did explore the the great advantages that digital gave us, and um, I'm very thankful for having digital cameras. I use them for for some 
certain situations, but I'm very grateful that I've never stopped shooting film because it just gives me so much. Uh, it's, it's it's hard to discuss, and I think we're trying to get to the bottom of this today. But it's just <laughs> it's a feeling. Although you shoot digital and you want to limit yourself to ten pictures or something, I think it's very hard to to shoot it in a similar way, in a similar approach than I approach yeah. with just a roll of film. It just doesn't doesn't work like that i think yeah. and um yeah i it, it's a craft like 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 sean said create something from nothing you have you have a roll of film nothing on there if you if you just uh, develop it it's just all black and you have 36 frames uh, to create something and, and if we later come into the process if we create something ourselves by developing it or not it just it just feels like a craft and i think this is this is something that digital has never given me i upload the pictures it's right there i can i can check i can chimp and see see what i've done with film it's a lot different and uh, in the end i print my 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 pictures also um, and i have something tangible in my hands and i do this no matter whether it's digital or analog but um still having having a your, your image burned on a piece of, of physical film it's just just a different feeling yeah yeah, for me, well, I, I was shooting film when I started as a commercial photographer. So digital was such a relief because because of the pressure. You know, you, you shoot an event with, uh, with film or um, a commercial job or even portraits. Um, you, you don't know if you have it in the can or not until a few days later. Yeah. And uh, so when digital came... It was like wow, this is just amazing. Now I I know I know I did a good job. I I have I don't have it. Just the stress factor went down for commercial work. I feel, and we could shoot a lot more. We didn't have to worry about the the processing and so forth. But I never um, so I switched to digital. Never looked back. Uh, but I wasn't working on personal projects as much back then. So that's why now that I only shoot for me, I don't shoot for clients anymore. I can see the appeal of of slowing down, which I already do. I don't shoot a whole lot. Like I'll I'll be out on a photo walk for half a day in a big city and only shoot 30 frames with my little Fuji. But um I can see the appeal to, you know, to have something more tangible and uh, and yeah, the feeling of creating something. I think that's that's the whole point. Um so do you, do you shoot uh so Walter, you have different cameras for different jobs. You you shoot panoramic for street photography and we had an entire show on street focus about that which i will link to the show notes um so you pick your camera according to what you want to shoot that day yeah the um the, the panoramic x-men i carry every day all day okay. um even if i'm just popping to the shop to buy a pint of milk um that goes on my shoulder and it's uh never not there um a lot of my, uh, if I'm going out to actually shoot street photography, um, it's often a lot I have a, well, I predominantly use a Nikon F6 with a quite a large um, 24 to 70 lens, and that's uh, frowned upon by purists, I'm sure, but uh, that's how I've always shot, and that's, I have no intention of changing. Um, I've never particularly been in love with prime lenses and stuff, um, so I, street photography actually is quite a large, heavy camera, um, which is very not in vogue nowadays. But uh, it's a matter of the tool you're most comfortable with and 
I know that camera, I can walk along, I've got it down by my side and I can adjust the lens with one finger to roughly the focal length I know I don't want to need and by the time I'm lifting it up to my face it's it's there and it's ready and I know what I'm doing. So I think for street photography the most important camera is the one that you're most comfortable with, you use the fastest mm -hmm. and it's just instinctive, becomes instinctive. If you're thinking about the camera then your shot's probably halfway down the road. Yeah. So, so is it harder to shoot film than digital? I mean, that's that's the thing. I think a lot of people are kind of nervous. I mean, there are so many young photographers who started photography with digital, never, never saw a roll of film. Um, and I might be a little nervous that it's it's a lot more difficult. Is it? Who wants uh, to take this one? I'll start. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think it's necessarily harder. I don't think it depends what your expectations are. I think if you take a child that has never done photography before and you give them a film camera or a digital camera, they will certainly have a different experience. But if you just give them a film camera, it's not going to seem to them any harder than doing anything else. I think it's just a process. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I try really hard, even though I shoot both to not compare them to me they're different animals uh, and I do behave differently whether I'm using a digital camera or a film camera like uh, Marco said even though I know I can limit myself I can say okay I will only shoot 36 frames I undoubtedly will shoot more uh, much more selective with the film so I I wouldn't say I would I would encourage anybody to try it anyway Uh, like you said, Valerie, you know, if you don't have the pressure of uh, delivering a product, I think film is, is fine. You know, it's a great experience. You can learn a lot uh, about the technique itself, I think, doing it that way. So th that's my opinion on that. Mm -hmm. Who has something to add to that? Yeah, this is, this is Sean. Um, I, you know, I'm kind of torn on this one too because in some ways, you know, actually the, the process of shooting film can be very similar uh, other than the limitation of maybe just swapping out your um, your your expired or your film roll um, it maybe could slow you down if you were at a wedding and you know you'd have to have a couple cameras handy and ready and have an assistant changing your film but um, you know I think there's workarounds for that I think it's the the process is different you know from a taking your your picture from that film versus the the SD card and then what you're doing with it to get it from development and or printing or scanning um, you know I think there's the the benefit I see though is with when I shoot uh, film I don't have to do as much post-processing uh, it you know for me it seems like my my light and color um, are usually far better <laughs> you know matched up with an versus a raw file where yeah you gotta you gotta kind of pull them pull some sliders and get things to really look correctly with a raw file versus that that film roll mm -hmm. um but yeah I, i think it's just different you know and it, it depends on if you want to do the the development you know at home yourself and do the you know enlarging and printing um i'm more of a i guess what they call a hybrid film photographer where I, I develop my, my black and white film at home and scan it and then bring it into Lightroom and then, you know, I'll print from there to a printer. But um, it's, 
it's different, you know, yeah. and I'd say some parts are harder, some are easier. Well, it, it's definitely less work, especially if you send out the the film. Um, I, I remember sh I shot three weddings in my life. Um, I'll never shoot a fourth one. That was a long time ago. And those were, and yeah, those were the film days. And, um, and, and, you know, the job was done. You'd send the, I, I had a really, really good lab. I, they always did excellent job. Once the wedding shoot was done, my work was done. And, uh, now you have days and days and days of work, um, in post processing. So I think digital, may have, I mean, uh, yeah. made the photographer's life more difficult because I don't think wedding photographers are charging any more now in comparison than they did back then, but they have so many more hours of work to do if they do it themselves, don't you think? I think it's even gotten, this is Marco, I think it's even gotten uh, more competitive on, yeah. on the market because there's so oh. many more photographers and if we're talking about maybe advantages or disadvantages, um, the learning curve on analog was really slow because just as you said, you took the pictures a few days later, you got your results if you didn't have a lab at home or process yourself. Um, so you would never know unless you were shooting instant film. So the instant gratification that we've gotten used to shooting digital and the really steep learning curve is really something that for people who have started digital, when, when I tell them that I still shoot analog, they, they look at me like I'm doing some kind of magical yeah. uh, stuff <laughs> where, where uh, we have more than 100 years of history shooting film. <laughs> and uh, to in my childhood was normal. And to most of you know those days too, that your parents were shooting shooting film so so it's it's really not difficult it's just a little bit different approach and and you have to uh, wait a little bit longer one one of the major advantages when it really comes down to one of the other i think is the iso flexibility of digital cameras today where with film you really had to think ahead of time what a situation you are in if you if you're gonna take a certain film for a certain light what how fast is your lens um, and uh, if you were shooting in low light and you only had an ISO 400 film, you would be able to push that by two stops easily, most of the films, unless you're shooting shooting a slide film. But uh, black and white and, and color negative film are pretty good with that. So you, you could have pushed it up to 1600, um, but you have to push the whole roll. You can't just say the first three pictures and then the, the later ones are exposed differently. So you, you had a lot more planning to do ahead of time. Um, I actually think shooting film is quite easy uh, if you think about how forgiving film is compared, to, especially in the highlights. Uh, the, the, the clipping off of highlights on, on digital is quite quite harsh compared uh, to film. And um, maybe the listeners will have heard of the Sunny 16 rule. Um, this is a rule where you could have shot or you can still shoot film without really metering your scene. Sunny 16. Should I quickly explain, Mallory? Just yes, please do. Means, um, sunny 16 basically means on a really bright sunny summer day, um, you would sit your set your aperture on the lens to f16 and um, you do the shutter speed is a reciprocal uh, how, how you call this reciprocal yeah, mm -hmm. yeah of, 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 yep. of the of the iso so um, let's say f16 you have an iso uh, 400 film you would shoot it at 1 400 or 1 500 in case of uh, my leica and um, if you stop up or down depending on that you would just move one click the shutter time accordingly either faster or slower so, so you just go from there 
And if it's not sunny, if it's a little bit partially cloudy, it's F11 rule. And if it's still bright but cloudy on a summer day, it's F8. And um, when it's a dark day, it's F5.6 as a starting point. And when the sun sunset or uh, sunrise, you're at F4 and, and doing the same role. So it's one five hundredth of a second, and then you go from there. It's it's quite simple. And that tells you also how, how uh, very... Um, uh, flexible film is uh, when it comes to that, so you can you can save a lot uh, in post processing. And should we should we talk about prices? That's another myth. Film is so expensive. Should we talk yes, about that? Yes, please. Here? Well, actually, one more thing. I wanted to also add. You know, we always when we shoot digital, we're always so excited. We need to look at our pictures right away. We want to share them right away, and uh, and often it's recommended that we actually step back and you know let them sit for a while and do you think that's one of the appeal of film is that you actually have to 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 wait i i hear i just had a conversation with eric kim he actually waits six months before he gets his film uh processed um <laughs> that he doesn't even remember what he shot <laughs> so um is it one of the advantages you think is to actually um detach yourself a little bit i think yes but only for the day in, in my case I can develop at home. I only shoot black and white or 99 or 95% I shoot black and white and that stuff I develop at home. So for me, it's just a matter of a uh, few hours until okay. I see the results. So that doesn't count for me. And let me also say, I know Eric does it that way. I would not recommend it. I think the other day he brought in 120 rolls of film oh. and I was just Good praying change. for him that <laughs> he didn't have a shutter problem with his camera because they yeah. would have... <laughs> no, you, you, you just... These are old cameras, partially. I mean, my, my oldest camera is six years old. Of the of the current Leicas that I use, um, so I wouldn't recommend to wait that long. I th I think you can detach yourself. You don't have to scan them right away, or like we do with digital. I, I let my digital files sit sometimes. I don't always have time to go through them. Mm -hmm. um, if the if you have a wedding, like you said, I don't shoot weddings, but if you do, it's it's current. It's current events, or you saw something on the street, some new stuff that I would publish. Then then I go in there right away. But that's usually not great art. That's documentary, and that has to be out quite quickly and it used to be out quite quickly i remember analog sports photographers would would uh, send their films during halftime already out the guy with the with the motorcycle would run them down to the lab and, and the newspaper would already start <laughs> uh, printing them um so i i think um it's it's an advantage for the moment that you don't get the instant gratification you don't see what you did so you just focus on the next shot mm -hmm. whereas with a digital camera often you will focus on the shot you just took look at it either happy or not happy so i think that's more more of the detachment that that i think is an advantage yeah. um, when it comes to that i yes. remember walter when uh, we talked you said you actually because i i had said well you probably don't shoot as much um, and you said, well, on the contrary, since you don't know if you got the shot you'll probably shoot a couple extra frames in film right yes i think there's a <clears throat> there's a huge advantage to digital um, if you need instant feedback and stuff mm -hmm. but it's um, other times um, I think the, the kind of satisfaction of just looking at the frame and saying oh I've got it yeah. and then moving on to something else um, can be a disadvantage and not knowing what you've got means you're worried about it you don't know what yeah. you have so you try a little bit harder try like to prolong it. I mean, in street photography, it's not always so easy because no, the, the scenes never get on, a second but... chance. <laughs> no, but it's um, not not just being satisfied with what you got. I think uh, there's something 
And there's also the... So previously, I went mean, a huge disappointment when you pull out the roll of film and it hasn't worked. Yeah. And it's like, eesh, you know, that's the time it would have been really nice to be able to chimp. But, I mean, you take the rough or the smooth. Mm-hmm. But um, I think also in terms of film and slowing down and appreciating the picture and editing, it's uh, there's an enforced process. I mean, uh, I'll shoot, I certainly don't leave it six months, but uh, it's uh, quite often two, three weeks till I've, for street photography, got enough films together and I'll do them in a batch. Okay. So, okay, so now where, I, I want to hear from each one of you, where do you get your film and is film expensive? Walter, since you, you, you're here, why don't you start? Plus you get, you buy some film that is hard to find, or if I remember correctly. Yes. Uh, yeah, the film I've uh, been using for about 10 or 15 years was recently discontinued. And oh. um, yeah, I've managed to buy... Well, I think it was about the last 300 rolls in the UK, um, Fuji Pan 400. Um, that's uh, mainly reserved for a long-term documentary I've been shooting for seven years, but I have been stealing bits from my street photography because I just love the film. So um, at the moment I have a stock, but there's um, certain... Oh, I have, Fast films, uh, yes, uh, in the UK they're quite expensive. Um, they could be anything up to nearly ten pounds a roll, which is uh, wow. Certainly, focus the mind when you're, you know, nearly forty p a shot. Yeah, but um, I think to actually buy a roll of film is no, it's not that much. But if you're going to carry the entire thing through, from start to finish, um, purely analog, then uh, yeah, the price does kick up. Yeah, um, to be brutal, but I think that also focuses the mind. Um, Yeah, there's not so much spray and pray and yeah. I mean, getting a hold of film is no problem but um, yeah, between five and ten pounds a roll in the UK it's the, it does focus the mind that, that's for sure Marco you said you can get uh, it, it's not as expensive as people may think I think you have to look at the whole picture yeah. when you compare uh, analog to, to digital now if we, if we look at um, 35 millimeter um, which, which I shoot for street because I mean you have 36 or in case of my Leica sometimes I get 38 or 39 shots per roll makes you feel like you're stealing something yes <laughs> it's like winning the lottery you um, it's it's quite good for for street photography because you, you you sometimes like you said you don't get the shot every time and um, if you look through a roll of film you want to have at least uh, maybe five or ten decent shots that, that you can process and print. So um, I think um, for 35 millimeter, that's, that's actually quite a cheap way uh, to shoot film. And here a roll of um, Kodak or Ilford uh, Delta Kodak uh, Tri-X or uh, T-Max is a little bit over four euro. So it's, it's, it's around five US dollar per roll for 36 or 39 roll. And um, if you drop it off at the lab, I think it'll be around four or five Uh, probably five or six bucks by now for black and white film because sometimes I have to do it manually. Um, so I started self-developing and for me a role of film developing with, with uh, the stuff I'm using and, and you can reuse uh, Fixer for example, it's probably a dollar um, or dollar twenty per, per roll mm -hmm. what, what I end up with. So that's that's not really expensive and then you have to look at the camera price. That's, this is usually something you know spray and pray people say okay I came home with 2,000 shots try to do that Uh, with film, yeah, you wouldn't do it with film for the obvious reasons that we just stated, that you just won't um, take this many pictures. You can't. You have to change roles, so you're a little bit more cautious. You you think more before you push the trigger. That's why I see 
although I don't do spray and pray, always single exposures, my keeper rate on, on analog is, is higher because yes. I just take more time. And you can buy a camera. I mean, a lot of us here using, using uh, Leicas or Hasselblad x those are expensive collector's cameras by now. They were always expensive. And, uh, but if you look at them, they last you 50, 60 years. Um, I think uh, a digital camera after 10 years is pretty much dead, I would say. I think we can agree on that. So so look at that. It, you have a lifespan of 50, 60 or 100 years if you take care of the camera. Um, that you have to calculate. And another thing, once pe- when people say, oh, but I have a full-frame DSLR, why should I shoot 35mm film? Look at medium format. Um, if you shoot a 6x6 or when I shoot my 6x9 Fuji rangefinder camera, I have an a sensor or a file size that is the size of an iPhone 5 screen. It's huge. It's it's six times bigger than full frame. And besides having a lot of information there, I'm, I'm not really doing this for, for pixel um, or magnification reasons. It's just the look you get. If, if I shoot with a 90 millimeter uh, f3.5 lens wide open uh, on this thing, I have a field of view of a 35 millimeter. So it just gives you a completely different uh, look and perspective and depth um, that you ca- just can't get even with full frame, even with the fastest lenses. And this is something, look at a uh, digital uh, medium format camera, it'll run you somewhere between six and 35,000 uh, US dollar. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, wow. if you think yeah. about five, five, uh, five dollars per roll and uh, uh, maybe between two and two hundred and eight hundred dollars for a good used uh, medium format camera, there's just no way uh, that you can do that with digital. So the price is always depending on the way you look at it. Yeah. Um, Sean, did you want to add something? Yeah, you know, I Marco definitely nailed it from a if you want to shoot medium format, Film is definitely the way to go yeah. from a just a pure economics standpoint. Um, just to, that the, a lot of the medium format cameras today, the digital ones are they they are very expensive. Um, and I, there's something about medium format the look with film too. It's it's very unique, um, and it you can I mean the the resolution you can get and the look that you get from that is just I think it's going to be fantastic for decades to come. Um, but yeah, as far as where do I get my film from, I really, I aim right now kind of mostly 35 millimeter and then I kind of do some, some medium format, but not as much as I used to, but, um, I try to get under $5 a roll. So where, uh, online? Yeah. So B&H photo is kind of my, I mostly go there now and I usually buy in their kind of bulk 10 to 20 rolls packs. Um, that's kind of seems to be the, the sweet spot deal. I think they have usually have a ten pack that is kind of below five dollars for like Kodak Triax or um, Ilford HP was it HP five plus. Um, I that's most of my black and white work right there, and my color work I'll go with uh, usually Portra four hundred, and that for thirty five millimeter will kind of be upwards of the seven to eight dollar range per roll, mm. um, and I. I kind of took up the home development aspect kind of twofold. Uh, I wanted to learn the craft of it um, as well as uh, I like black and white and a lot of the labs don't, they'll have to send out the black and white now to somewhere else that does it. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the, the turnaround time and all the moving parts of just what can happen with that and, and the cost for that. Uh, so actually home, 
developing film at home, black and white film, it's, it's I think, very easy and it, a very economical way to do it. And it, it doesn't really take that much time. You control the whole process from, you know, end to end. And kind of what Marco was saying, too, it's, you know, it's per roll. It's probably in that, depending on what kind of chemicals and process you use, uh, probably, you know, in that dollar range for um, chemicals for developing the film. Um, but, you know, it, it's there there are some other things like if you're a hybrid uh, film photographer then you okay you need to get a scanner um, and probably a good one <laughs> you know you don't want to necessarily rely on something cheap or it, or if you don't get a good one it can take a lot a lot of processing time just to get that that aspect you know digitized um, in a timely manner um, one thing I I a godsend I found was um, a scanner called the Pacon it's a 135 and you basically you take the 35 millimeter roll uncut and you just feed it in and literally in two minutes I have all my pictures digitized automatically and I can import that into Lightroom and and uh, work on it from there it's it's been a godsend from a process standpoint for me nice and uh, yeah it's I highly recommend it it's you know I I, I think in the last six to twelve months the price uh, you can only usually buy these used now Mm -hmm. um, but the price on eBay is kind of skyrocketed, so it, it kind of depends on the given day or week where where you're going to find this pack on 135 scanner. But there's some other comparable scanners like it too, and I do have a, a, an Epson V600 flatbed scanner um, that I use for my medium format work. Or if there's if there is a a, a picture on the 35 millimeter that I want to go higher resolution, uh, my V600 can you know I can go much higher. Um, at, usually with 35 millimeter, I'm getting uh, roughly around a 16 megabyte file on the uh, on the Pacon, and then the V600 um, you can go higher. And, it, and there's you don't want to go too high, but and same thing with medium format. Um, medium format on the V600 scanner will yield a like a 50 meg file uh, between 30 30 meg and 50 meg, uh, but you can you can go crazy on the settings there too and get a lot of depth and detail and high megapixel if that's something you you okay. really want to do now if um like if i if i start shooting film it's going to be so minimal i mean it's going to be such a small portion well maybe not but that's what i'm envisioning small portion of what i'm going to be shooting you know an occasional project here and there um I'm I'm not gonna go into buying all the chemical and doing all that myself. So can I send that? Can I send the rolls to a lab and they also scan for me? Yeah, I, that would be the way I would recommend okay. starting for anybody either going back into it um, or starting fresh. Is don't you know unless you you want to take on that challenge? But there's a lot of complexity and moving parts with that. But um, for you and I, Valerie, National Camera mm -hmm. here in the Twin Cities. Uh, for color film, 36 exposure, uh, it's about 350, 360. Uh, so it's it's very inexpensive. Wow. And then if you want it, they'll give you a, a digital scan of those two, and I think it's like another dollar or oh, so. That's but not you can, bad. Okay. yeah, it's it's I can't believe it's that cheap, and yeah. you can get it within four hours too. Wow! So <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, black and white and uh, medium format. You know, then you're looking at a week or so. Okay. Now, Philippe, how how does one learn to to do all this developing and using all those chemicals and everything? 
Well, there is uh, multiple tutorial uh, online on YouTube. Uh, I would recommend actually a community college uh, uh, darkroom class because mm -hmm. that's a hands-on. Uh, I did that a long time ago, even though I already knew, but I thought oh, I might as well kind of refresh. And that was really, really nice. You know, it was like a six weeks class, you know, in the evening. And that was a very good way to um, actually hands-on versus, you know, looking online and, and learning that. But very easy. And again, it's, it's pretty forgiving, um, especially with black and white. Uh, there's not a lot of great details that you need to really follow super carefully. So it may be a, seem to be a daunting task. Uh, I don't think it is really. And I, I would encourage people to give it a try. Great. If they really want to learn all that. Yeah, because I think even when you take, um, like if you do a two-year degree in photography, I think they still teach you all the darkroom and everything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. And the, the the other thing that I wanted to add is that even though I, I probably developed my first film, I don't know, 35, maybe 40 years ago, I still, I'm amazed when I opened the tank, you know, after I washed it off to unroll the film off of the reel there, that are actually photographs on this piece of plastic. It's magic. And, and it, it is, really. I mean, it is amazing even at this point for me. And so that's one of the enjoyment that I really uh, get doing that. So it's a process, it's, it's slow, it's uh, very, very enjoyable. Yeah, so now for, for the three of you who shoot both film and digital, a, a keeper, I mean, like a, a photograph you're really proud of uh, in your street photography, that really that moment that you caught, Is it more valuable if it was shot with film than if it was shot with digital? Who wants to take that one? I, I can start there. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily more valuable. Uh, I, I spend a lot more time you know, preparing, thinking, uh, planning uh, before I actually press the shutter when I'm shooting film. So I think it's kind of like when everything kind of meets the, the perfect moment, it seemed to work well. Uh, the other thing I have to add there on, on the cameras that I shoot with uh, being range finders, uh, you actually see uh, the shot that you're taking because the, there's no mirror flipping in the way when you're actually pressing the shutter. So you, you kind of get a sense, even though you cannot look on the back of the camera afterwards, you get really a good sense that you got what you were looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you do actually get it on the negative, when you develop it, that's, yes, that's a special moment. Yeah. Sean or Marco, any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, um, it'll be more valuable <laughs> if your hard drive crashes and you don't have backups <laughs> because I have a negative. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, from that standpoint, but you know, I, I, it, that's a, that's a good question. Um, and I think ultimately, uh, for me, I, I prefer the look of the, of film and, but it, you know, if it's a great picture, digital yeah. or film, it, to me, it, it, it almost doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. uh, it has to be a great picture. And how do you get to those great pictures? Uh -huh. And everything how, aligns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, getting all those possibilities to where it just the perfection, the time, the light, the composition, um, you know, everything has to kind of come 
come into order and I, it can happen with digital or film. Yeah. I, I hope that I have a film camera in my hands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't matter if this... But if yeah. I have a digital um, and, I, and I get that picture that way, then great. And yeah. I'll, I'll be happy for it either way. Yeah, that's, that's what I, I, I think too. I mean, it's still your ability to see it. And whatever tool you have is the tool you have. Marco, don't want you agree? Yeah, I, I'm going to be quite honest. To me, if I have a great shot that I created on an analog camera, it's more valuable is it? to me personally than it is uh, on a digital camera. Just because I have the feeling that on the whole process of creating this image, I was in charge from mm -hmm. the very beginning. Okay, I didn't make the film. <laughs> it was made by Kodak or Ilford. Um, but basically... Since I have only manual cameras, I decided on everything. There was no white balance interfering. There was no computer brain in the camera doing anything with autofocus or anything like that or applying some kind of compression or, or look uh, to this file. It's, it's just a piece of film that from the moment you put in the camera, it's all up to you. It's up to you to expose it. It's, it's the same for, for, for digital camera, what you take, obviously the framing and everything. Um, but it's just, to me, it is just um, more of my own work in there. And yeah. then, especially when you take on uh, the processing, I mean, you, you choose a, f a type of film because you do care for a certain look. And each film has their own character and characteristics. But that's only half of the game. There's a whole lot that you can still do to the look of the of the film on the on the processing side and whether it's a lab doing their stuff i'm I'm not a big friend of labs here i've I've tried a few and um they cook the black and white films in in a way that they came out that I didn't like it so so I started doing it myself again and I'm in total control. I choose the chemicals I choose the way um even the the way you you you, you shake the box uh, you sh you shake the can where you develop the film and ha has an influence on 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 the, on the uh the gray balances and the the grain that you get from that so so i'm creating like 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 a cake from scratch and while with digital it's a little bit more like you have one of those pre-mix bags where you just add water and milk and butter and, and um, it's mm -hmm. there. So, that's so, so that's, Yeah, that's a good analogy, so that's, actually. That's, that's basically how I see it. And I've, I've split my personal portfolio, my web page, by analog and digital because yeah. um, I think my digital images just look a lot cleaner and different. And if you want to say it more perfect, if you want to print them large, maybe. And my mm -hmm. analog images do have a little bit more you can say faults or maybe character. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, I'd like to wrap this up with um, asking each one of you for a tip, whether it's to someone who's never touched film before or someone who's like me, going back to it. Uh, who wants to start? Walter? Um, oh, Lordy. I mean, just basically uh, grab yourself a film camera you like the look of. Um, um, just have some fun. I mean, it's uh, it's just another form of photography. And if you're already shooting, then just try it and see if you get along with it. It's yeah. uh, some people will love it, some people won't. But there is a huge satisfaction um, in getting it right in analog, which uh, is is well worth the effort. Yeah, true, true. Um, Philippe, 
I, yeah, I would agree with Walter. I said just grab a camera and go and enjoy yourself. You know, you can do, you can start very inexpensively. You know, uh, uh, very solid. You know, 1970s, 80s film cameras. You know, I'm not talking about Leicas, but uh, other brands are uh, very inexpensive. So you can find used one in good shape. Yeah, uh, at a flea market or anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and if you want to be sure to get something good, there are places where you can uh, get very good cameras in great quality. In the U.S., uh, KEH camera in Georgia is an awesome place. You can't go wrong there. Uh, so for less than $100, you can get a really awesome camera with a very nice lens on it. Uh, and then start with that, put a film in it, and develop, and then play with that. You Experiment, know. yeah. Great. Yes, yes. Sean. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I'm i not sure I'd tell anyone just to jump in, uh, just knowing what I do, and I know most people probably won't do film photography like I do it, at least initially. Uh, but I, I, the first thing I would just say is think about the workflow, the different workflow of this process, um, and how far do you want to go with this. Uh, and, and if you're looking for something really unique or different than digital, um, you know, there's, I'd say, start with a medium format camera. And it's, it's, I don't, I just love the big old metal <laughs> clunking film cameras. There's just something about them and they're, they're, they're just built so well. Um, you know, if you're, if you want to do more street and be not as uh, obnoxious with a big camera out there too, um, then definitely you can get into something like a Bessa instead of a Leica. Or there's there's other uh, rangefinder type cameras that you could get into, um, but you know really look at do you wanna just start dabble if you're gonna dabble find a lab that you can develop at um, find a you know where, what kind of film do you want to shoot do you want to just shoot black and white or do you want to do color um, and I really really right now labs uh, at least in the U S most of it's kind of geared around the C41 color processing mm -hmm. if you want to get it back you know, with, within a reasonable amount of time, which I would say is a day, um, you know, that, that could be really frustrating for someone just coming at it new, you know, having to wait a week. And, you know, there is this marination process. Uh, six months would kill me in a marination of waiting. <laughs> uh, but that's just not me. And, you know, everyone, it depends. But, you know, I would just say, look at that, that workflow of what that film process is from where you're going to purchase the film um, where the lab you're going to, uh, send it to and ideally locally, I, I'm a, kind of a big proponent of using your local labs. And I know there's some good labs throughout the U S that you can send it to, but it's, it's a cost factor again. And that's going to be something that I think that could weigh in on someone new getting back into film yeah. is all the costs around it. So labs are, are labs reopening everywhere? Do you think? No. Because no? <laughs> it seems are... like more and more people are shooting film again. It's like, are they going to reopen yeah. labs? or? Yeah, you know, I, I think the labs that are out there right now, they're kind of holding steady. But, yeah. you know, I'd say some of the bigger, like the Costco's and or your uh, Walgreens and um, like, you know, the, the, the smaller or I guess the, the, those kind of stores that would kind of service to that um selling film and stuff like that most of them aren't developing film anymore they, you could bring your your digital prints there to have uh you know printed out and, and things like that but yeah it, you really have to almost find the lab because that you're gonna 
you don't want to hit that roadblock going, oh my gosh, I've got to mail this to where and it's going to be how long of a turnaround? And yeah. It's going to cost $15, $20. And um, I, I would kind of scope that out first. But, you know, don't, don't let that necessarily stop you from trying it. But just know that there's a workflow here that's different than what you had with digital. And you'll want to know those details as you're getting into, I'd say, a different kind of photography hobby. Yeah, for sure. Great. Uh, Marco, any tips? Yeah, certainly. Um, give it a shot. Don't be afraid. It's not witchcraft. Like I said, <laughs> generations of photographers have used analog. Um, they've been around. Ask around uh, friends, families. A lot of people probably still have some old cameras they don't use anymore in the closet yeah. and try to find one in working conditions. I, I was very lucky. My, my grandfather gave me an old, uh, or in, I inherited an old Leica 2C from him. Um, and a few rolls of film, and those films were from the 50s, from his vacations. And um, I saw, I got the rolls, I, I started my scanner, I put them in, and I created results and memories uh, oh, that's awesome. after 50, 60 years. Imagine for all the digital photographers out there, uh, I'm not certain if in 50 or 60 years, uh, my pictures, at least the ones I haven't printed, the digital ones will be around and visible. Yeah. And if, if, if you inherit a computer, how many people would spend a lot of time or, or even have, have, have the possibility to, to look into a hard drive from 20 so years true. ago? So um, if, if no, for no other reason, think about that. Think about how much time you spend in Lightroom and in, in uh, buying some kind of film packs to make your digital images look like analog because people are attracted to it there look at instagram how it took off so yeah. uh, why not just try try the, re the real stuff um, shoot iso 400 film it gives you great flexibility try to get a lens for your analog camera the fastest possible if possible get a f1.4 lens they are not hugely expensive unless you you look at the leica lenses don't don't do it uh, I, for my Leicas, I use uh, Feuchtlander lenses because I want the speed just to be flexible in the low light um, and in bright light. Don't worry about the ISO 400. It's really tough to to blow a uh, Kodak Portra 400 color negative film. That that stuff just has so much headroom in in the overexposure. I, I overexpose this five six stops, and still the results are are plenty good. Where where a digital one would have been completely dead. Um, then in the process, when you take pictures, take a few notes what you've done just to get a feeling for. You don't have EXIF data, so so have a little note or, or there's apps for it. Get that. Um, make some notes what you have shot if you if you metered over or under exposure and, and look at the real the results and do try to overexpose a little bit on on uh, on analog under exposure doesn't work well uh, with that. Okay. Yeah, to focus on the content less on the technical perfections um, like we do with digital. I think uh, it'll be an eye opening and I find it extremely extremely um, relaxing when 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 I just. Like I said, I can't check. There's nothing besides shutter time, focus, and uh, aperture that I choose on a camera. I'm totally into the situation because I don't have anything flashing at me telling me I'm doing something wrong from the cameras. <laughs> or the camera thinks I'm doing something wrong. Or the battery no symbol comes out uh, yeah, in red and yeah, you're done. <laughs> over or your ND filter or whatever, you know. <laughs> so basically, focus on the scene. Uh, take the shot and then you just crank rewind uh, whatever and and you're ready ready to to um go to the next shot so and and think about it leica just brought out uh, uh the leica m60 extremely limited uh, edition 
a digital camera without an LCD screen mm -hmm. that cost you 15,000 US dollars <laughs> um, for taking something away. And, and usually they're like six or 7,000 already. So yeah. <laughs> you pay more for less and yeah. then like eight or $1,000 like a analog camera doesn't look that bad anymore. <laughs> That's so yeah, true. Yeah, just... Just have fun. Film great. is great, um, and 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 do do check uh, online resources. There's 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 a lot of uh, videos on YouTube. There's groups on Flickr. There there are podcasts about analog photography. Get into it a little bit. Dip your toe in it, and and this will come with time. And it's a great community. People are extremely helpful. Yeah. So true. yeah, just true. just give it a shot. Is all I can say. So Marco, where can people see more of your work? And you do have a group. Um Tell us a little bit about that for analog photography. Yes, I have uh, started an analog street photography group on Flickr. It's the analog street photography group. It's called, um, I think we put probably best, we put a, put a little bit link in the, in the show notes. Yes, yes, definitely. And um, that's just, just for analog street photography because I thought we, we needed a group for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's been, take a look at it. There's already great results on there. We haven't started this a long time ago, but but it's it's slowly evolving. Um, you can find my portfolio at um, marcolarousse.com. That's M-A-R-C-O-L-A-R-O-U-S-S-E.com. And I am at Hamburg Cam. That's Hamburg the city and Cam for camera on Twitter. Great. Thank you, Marco. Walter, where can people go s to see more of your work? Uh, the easiest thing is uh, probably my website, uh, walterrothwell.com. And... Um, at Walter Rothwell on um, Twitter. Great. It's, um, it's all there. Thank you so much. Philippe. Uh, at this point, still mostly on Flickr, and it's under my name, Philippe Gestel, on Flickr. Uh, I'm working on a website that's going to be called photogestel, F-O-T-O-Gestel.com. Still in the pro process, and since I'm not a big digital uh, computer person, it's a slow process. <laughs> Uh, and other than that, uh, a couple of friends of mine have also a, a um, blog on street photography uh, called uh, PDX. So the letter P D X for Portland uh, Street com. And it's very good. I will definitely link all that in the show notes for this episode. Thanks again, Philippe, for coming today. And Sean. Hey, Valerie. Um, <laughs> I can be found at the photographyguild.com. Um, and that's kind of where I'm mostly all film up there right now. Uh, I might have a one or two digital that have infiltrated, but uh, uh, you could see that out there. And I have a, a project that I'm working on. Uh, it's a I met 100 people, and it's it's underway, and it's giving me extreme challenges, but I'm slowly progressing. Um, and then on Twitter, I'm at uh, filmtographer. Uh, kind of the word film and then kind of chopped off photographer. Okay. <laughs> uh, or you could just probably search on my name and you'll find a, a bunch of fun stuff coming up. And I am, I'm trying to launch a YouTube channel on topics like this too. So I'm, I've got one in the hopper. I haven't posted yet, but uh, uh, look for that. And that, that'll be probably posted on my Google Plus under Sean Bresney. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for taking the time to uh, to convince me to get a new a new old camera <laughs> because I d I didn't keep any of my uh, film cameras. Believe it or not, I was too eager to trade in and get uh, my first Canon digital uh, years back. So 
I have uh, I have to start start over, but I will. You definitely convinced me. And as I said before, it's definitely going to be for special projects. You know, just going out and be in the zone and and uh, and 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 for the experience of it. But I'll I'll be looking for a good lab, or maybe I'll send the roles to to you guys to <laughs> work for me. <laughs> Thanks again, and we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show. And then please give some, give some feedback in the comment section of, uh, for the post for this show and share your film experience with the community. Also, as I'm recording this, I'm about to open a Street Focus Facebook group. We already have a really... Um, a good community on Google+, Plus, but some of you may be um, more inclined to be in the Facebook um, Facebook group than, than Google+, Plus. so now we'll have both, so check that out and join and share your work. My name is Valérie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab that camera and hit the streets!